It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome to Calvary Live. So blessed to be with you for this next hour. I'm your host on this Tuesday afternoon. My name is Jeff Figgs. I get the privilege of pastoring Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. I also have the privilege of being with you for the Calvary Live Hour. And this is where you get to call in and ask questions about the Bible or Christian living, or perhaps maybe you got a prayer request. I would love to talk with you, encourage you, point you to the Word of God, pray with you. Uh, The number to call, as you just heard, is 303-690-3000. And we have open lines. So grab one of those open lines, and let's talk about the things that are important to you. Uh, Let's talk about the Word of God. Uh, Let's talk about Jesus. There's also a means for you to be able to text, as a lot of you know. And that text line for texting only is 720-336-0897. And you can text in your questions. And as time permits, uh, we would love to be able to answer those questions. So 720-336-0897. So I want to welcome all of you listening on Grace FM along the Front Range of Colorado up into southern Wyoming. And I'd also like to welcome all of you on Hope FM on the East Coast in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. We welcome you to Calvary Live. You too can call in at this number, and you can call at 303-690-3000. And so I'd love to hear from you. Looking forward to what the Lord has for us in this next hour. I just want to read to you from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, because this afternoon I just got through doing a memorial service for a dear, dear saint, uh, a lady that was the oldest lady in our fellowship. She was nearly 94 years old. She went home to be with the Lord. And she was with us since we started uh, the church here in Greeley. She was very precious to us. And even though we're going to miss her, even though we're saddened because uh, she has left us here, uh, we are also rejoicing that she is with the Lord and that she is in heaven with Jesus. And so uh, today at the memorial service, I read from First Peter chapter 1, that Peter writes, inspired by the Spirit of God, that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be received, or revealed, that is, in the last times. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials." that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And what a wonderful, wonderful word of encouragement that Peter was writing to the Christians in the first centuries as they were going through difficulties and trials to remind them that we have a living hope. It's not a dead hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ and an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, reserved in heaven, and we are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. And even though our faith is tested, we go through trials and difficulties, and we grieve, and it's hard. 
we know of the assurance of our salvation as found in Jesus Christ. So give me a call. Let's talk about the Lord. Let's talk about the Word of God. Uh, I'd love to pray with you, as I'm sure that those of you who are listening have prayer needs. 303-690-3000. I did get an email from Bianca, who often calls in, and today is Pray for Israel. So I told her we start the show by praying for Israel, and let's do that right now, and then we'll go to our callers. Father, we do pray. Uh, as Bianca has it on her heart, her, her uh, Facebook um, that she has a group that uh, prays for Israel, and today is one of those days. But Lord, we uh, just lift them up to you, that nation that you are working in, that you have promises for. We pray that uh, for the peace of Jerusalem. And Lord, that you would continue to do the work that you want to in preparing them for the coming of their Messiah, Mashiach, Jesus Christ, when their eyes will be open. And so, Lord, we ask that you would um, just help us to uh, be supportive, and we pray for them. Uh, we pray that uh, you would uh, continue working, because even now you are bringing those into the kingdom uh, that um, have grown up in Judaism, and, and uh, it's not complete blindness right now, just in part. Uh, but you open as many as you desire their eyes to uh, their Messiah, prepare them for when Messiah is going to come. And uh, so, Lord, we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 303-690-3000. Let's go to line one to Tierra from Denver. Tierra, how are you? Good. How are you? I am good. What can we do for you today? I have a question about fasting. Okay. Kind of a few, like, well, let's start with my question. So um, I struggle with fasting. I like to eat. Mm-hmm. It's just who I am. <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes I'm up, and then I get pulled up, and then I get uh, Tara, Tara, you're breaking up a little bit. You want to say that again? Um, yes. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me? That's better. Thank you. Okay. Sorry. I had my phone. So, um, I get up and I get ready and it really takes a while for me to get ready for it. And then I decide I'm going to do five day fast and it's going to be great. And then I get into day two and it gets really hard. And then I just want to stop fasting. Okay. And I, I'm sure that other people struggle with fasting, but if we are doing a fast that's that's something that we decide to do on our own, and then we cut the fast short, like maybe given two days in. Is that bad? Here's the thing about fasting. We know that fasting is denying the physical so we can focus on the spiritual. One of the things that Jesus said is, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount is don't be given rash oaths and, you know— uh, things like that, because what can happen is, and it's not just with fasting, what can happen is, okay, Lord, I'm going to fast for five days. That's our intention. Or I'm going to read my Bible for two hours every day for the next month. And we end up falling short. We end up, you know, not fasting, like you said, day two, we end up struggling. So what I would do with, you know, fasting is, 
is that you know having a reasonable fast that that's something you, you can do and it can include anything it might be a day fast it might be that you're fasting um, a certain meal during the day um, it might mean that you're fasting from snicker bars or going to Dairy Queen you, you know I've done things like that but also fasting in other areas as well fasting from during the week um, you know, I'm going to fast from social media. One of the things that we are talking a little bit about this uh, in um, our church, because we're going to have a week of, of prayer and fasting. And I want that fasting be, to be between them and the Lord. So, you know, our our relationship and with the Lord isn't based on performance. You know, I, I think that uh, the Lord understands we're but dust, uh, he understands that I, I can struggle in the same way. I can have great desires that, Lord, I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray a certain amount of time. I'm going to fast this amount, and I end up failing. And I think, Lord, you must be so disappointed in me. And I think he understands. I, I think he's so patient with us. But I, I try to stay away from, you know, okay, um, those things of I'm going to be committed. I hope I can do it. But let your yes be yes and your no be no is what Jesus said. You don't need to do any more than that. And just, you know, okay, Lord, today, right now, I'm going to fast so I can just seek you. And if you fast tomorrow, that's great. And if you fast the next day, that's great uh, to reach your goals. But I don't think the Lord is looking at us, you know, with the chart saying, okay, you failed and I'm disgusted with you and you're just a spiritual waste. He loves you. He understands our frailties. You know, it's like he told the disciples in the garden, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, right? Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, as you desire to fast, um, just take it, you know, a day at a time. Uh, you know, you can set goals and things like that, but um, I can I can struggle in that as well. Lord, I, I desire to fast. I desire to do this or desire to read my Bible. And, and um, I know for me, uh, that sometimes I can fail at you know that, and then I start getting down on myself, and I, I start thinking the Lord must be so disgusted with me or upset with me, and uh, we can be so much harder on ourselves than what He is to us. Um, His grace is uh, so wonderful and so good. So hopefully that helps and encourages you. So yes, it does. Thank you. So if we, um, if I start a fast for five days and I don't make it, it doesn't, it doesn't erase what I did for the two days when I fasted. Right. Because of course he hears, even when I'm not fasting, he hears. And I know that. No, not at all. Because again, all it is, is you're denying the physical so you can be tuned into the spiritual. And, and I say, you know, for me, this is for me that, um, there are certain times that it doesn't do me any good to fast because I'm so busy and I'm caught up in stuff and uh, I actually need to eat to have the energy or I just end up crashing. So it's a time where I can just um, be uh, focused on the Lord, be in prayer. That's why when we do this week of prayer and fasting at the church as a congregation coming up at the end of the month, that, it's going to be a time where we just slow down, that we get out of the norm, we get out of the busyness, you know, all the things that take place here, because this is a beehive of activity here at the church. 
and mm-hmm. just be able to focus on the Lord. So there are some times that that busyness or whatever takes me away from really gaining anything from fasting. But what you've done in fasting, you know, if you do it for a day or two, it's not taken away what the Lord ministered to you about and and um, as he spoke to you. And that's the whole idea of fasting is uh, to be able to draw closer to the Lord and hear from the Lord and get rid of the noise and the busyness. And that's why I say it, it may be food. Um, uh, that's what we think of normally. And Jesus said, when you fast, um, you know, go into your closet. Um, you don't have to advertise it, but great will be your reward. And he is going to honor that when you do fast. Okay. Does that okay. help you? Yes, it does. I really love, like, my favorite fasts are when I fast from social media. Yeah. And, and that's like why I... the fog. Yeah. I know. And, you know, I got social media. I, I got Facebook. The church has got a Facebook page. But for me, I know for me, I just need to get away from it, mm-hmm. um, from all the news, um, from all the voices. Uh, for me, I need to be in a place of quiet. I need to put those things aside, focus on the Lord and what he has, because I easily get distracted. I got a lot of noise. and yeah. um, and, and for me, I'm one. I like to eat. I really do. Um, Me too. <laughs> I, I like food, and there are those times where I got to quit thinking about, you know, the the hamburger I want to eat, and just be able to focus on Him. And yeah. so those are all distractions in my life, and um, I love to be able to do that and to be able to set that time aside. And you know what? I think fasting is something that we shouldn't see as a burden. It's something that we enjoy. And the reason that we enjoy is because we get to spend time with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Can I can I pray for you? Yes, please. Okay. Father, I pray for my sister and she's I can tell she's desiring to just draw closer to you and to know you. And Lord, if she fasts, um you know, we desire to to do um fasting and praying and we know we, we could pray more, we could fast more. But, Lord, as we do, speak to our heart, speak to her heart. Lord, encourage her and bless her. I know that uh, it pleases you to hear that she desires to do that. And the Lord, even in the times when um, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak, that you would help us in those times. Bless my sister here and just help her to know you and to hear from you um, today and the days ahead. Uh, And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. You are welcome very much, and thanks for calling in. Mm, Thanks. Have a good day. You bet. 303-690-3000, the way this works. When somebody hangs up, there's a free line, and so we're going to have a free line here that's open, but let's go to line two to David, or excuse me, Daniel from Denver. Hey, Pastor. How's it going? Good, Daniel. How are you? I'm doing well. I just had a question for you today. Um, uh-huh. My friend had brought up uh, an in- interesting point about the Bible, and um, it mainly focused on Christ's divinity. And uh, the Bible verse that he brought up to me was the one where Christ mentions how no one knows the time or the hour except the Father. And he right. kind of used that to justify how Christ is not God himself. 
Yeah. And, you know, that is the interesting verse that as Jesus is talking about his second coming, he's talking specifically about the rapture of the church. He says no one, you know, knows the day, the hour, only the Father does. And I'm sure Jesus knows it now. Uh, but the Bible, here's the thing to point to your friend. The Bible is very, very clear that Jesus is divine. When he came in human form, it wasn't that he was half man, you know, and half God. He was fully human. He was fully God. He never lost that divinity. He claimed that in the IN statements of John's gospel. Um, and we see it very clear. And we see the writers of the New Testament make it very clear. So that's an obscure verse to use to try to take away the divinity of Jesus um, when we see very clearly that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. And you can go through Scripture after Scripture where Jesus claims that divinity. He claims to be God. Um, we see that the religious leaders knew exactly uh you know, that he was claiming to be God, um, and they picked up rocks to stone him. Jesus said, why do you stone me? For what work? And they said, not for any work, but you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. Um, And so those are the verses that you keep pointing to. Um, The scriptures are very, very clear. All throughout the New Testament, Paul writes about his deity, of course, in the book of Colossians. And, um, And we see that Jesus is the you know um god eternal with the father second person of the trinity right okay yeah that helps um definitely cleared up some things for me with that one yeah and some people what they'll do is try to pull out a verse and you know try to prove something with it it doesn't prove anything and Uh, you just keep giving yeah and and the thing is is um jesus um, said, the Father and I are one. Uh, Philip said, show us the Father, that it may suffice us. And Jesus said, oh, Philip, you've been with me all this time. Don't you understand that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? The Father and I are one. If you want to know the heart and the essence of the Father, then look at me. And um, he is the one that you know declares the Father. Uh, no one has seen God at any time. Um, the only begotten Son um, he is the one that reveals the Father to us. So keep putting those verses into his mind, into his heart, what the Scripture says, that he is the creator of all things. He's eternal. He's equal with the Father, even as Philippians chapter 2 tells us. Right. I will. Okay. Daniel, keep witnessing to him, all right? All right. Thank you, Pastor. Have a great one. All right. Thanks for calling, and I appreciate it. Jesus is Lord. He's equal with the Father. There are those who will come along, um, not only from other religions, but from cults, and try to diminish the deity and divinity of Jesus Christ. And so we want to have those verses, as the New Testament makes it very, very clear, that Jesus is the second person of the Trinity, equal with the Father, uh, as well as the Holy Spirit is God as well, the third person of the Trinity. But let's go to line three to Anna Lee from Northern Colorado. Hello. Anna Lee, how yes. are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. What can we do for you today? Um, so basically, I just wanted um, prayer, um, just basically for work. Um, I'm going in this evening, and I'm going to be training on a new, um, basically a whole new position within um, my job. 
And um, it also ties into, I guess, witnessing as well, because sometimes I can get, um, I guess, intimidated um, to do that. And so I guess um, just prayer for boldness and for um, doing a good job tonight. Okay. Love to to pray with you about that, to be a witness. And, you know, Anna Lee, one of the things, and I know that you probably know this, that Mm -hmm. Uh, the one of the ways for you to be a witness is not just with the words, and obviously words are very, very important, but also just with your character, yeah, just with your with your life. And I, I think about Daniel uh, mm-hmm. in the book of Daniel. Uh, Daniel was used of the Lord in a powerful way, but it yeah. says when he he was there uh, with Darius that he had an excellent spirit that was in him. And that's what I'm going to pray, that they see that excellent spirit. And then as they begin to ask you questions or begin to talk with you, that you will be bold as a lion, as Proverbs mm. says. And uh, so, Father, I pray for my sister, Annalise. Mm. She's going to go in to work. And as she is going to be trained, I pray that uh, she would be bold uh, in those opportunities to be a witness. I, I thank you that she desires that. She desires to be a light and a, a testimony of the truth and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So guide her, give her the words to say. I pray that people would see the light of Jesus Christ and the reality of Jesus Christ in her, that, Lord, that you would lead those divine appointments that you desire for her to have uh, with those at work. So, Lord, we um, lift this all up to you, and, and I know that you want to use her in a wonderful, powerful way and I pray that you would do that tonight and the days ahead. And it's in mm-hmm. Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank Thanks you for so calling. Much. You of bet. Course. All right. Going to All be right, praying bye-bye. for you tonight, Annalie. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And we'd love to talk with you. Again, that text line is 303, or not 303, 720-336-0897. To be live on the radio is 303-690-3000. But let's continue our calls with line one to Samuel at Westminster. Samuel? Hello. How are you? Hello? You there, Samuel? Yes, I am. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good. Um, what can we do for you? Uh, last Go night ahead. I called in, and I gave a title of a book, and I gave the wrong title. Okay. So I'd like to uh, clarify that. I apologize for you know for anyone that went on the Internet trying to find it. I apologize for giving out the wrong name of the title. But okay. the, uh, the name of the book is actually Mormonism Unmasked. And the author is R. Philip Roberts. Okay. So it's Mormonism Unmasked right. by, by Philip Roberts? R. Philip Roberts. R. Philip Roberts. Okay. Yes. And this book, um, I've never seen a book that was more detailed, not only about Mormonism, but also about Joseph Smith. And uh-huh. It's a it's a book that's based on fact, not on someone's opinion. Okay, good. And you know, there's a lot of good books out there. I've read several books on Mormonism, and it sounds very familiar to me. Um, 
And so um, R. Philip Roberts, Mormonism Unmasked, uh, a book referenced for those of you who desire to minister to Mormons and to give them the truth of what the Bible really says in the deity of Jesus. So thanks, Samuel. Appreciate that. Not a problem. I do apologize for getting—actually, I just got got the words backwards, but I do apologize for any inconvenience for anyone out there. You know, I thought that there was a book out there unmasking Mormonism, and um, and that sounded kind of familiar. But you got the right book, so Mormonism Unmasked by R. Philip Roberts. So appreciate you calling in and letting us know. Okay, no problem. God bless, and uh, you have a wonderful evening. You too, Samuel. Thank you. You bet. All right, let's go to line two to Ed in Denver. Yeah, Ed, I'm how here. are you? How you doing, Ed? I'm doing. You doing? Good. What can All we right. do for uh, you? In, in a nutshell, sorry, I've literally talked to a couple people the last couple hours over this, um, different perspectives. The last perspective that was brought up, um, one of my, uh, I'll just say somebody instructed me on uh, looking at Acts chapter 17 when uh, Paul addressed the Greeks about the unnamed idol, and right. he explained to me how Paul uh, how Paul went about talking to the Greeks, and um, um, how he wasn't so direct, even though he was led by the Spirit and stuff like that. Paul did it in a subtle manner. Well, my issue is I take a couple classes. Um, about a year and a half ago, I actually called in, I believe I spoke with you, about my psychology teacher who ended up kicking me out of class due to a difference in beliefs of gay marriage. And, um, well, here I am again. Uh, this is probably going to be my last time taking a secular class. Uh, but I went into philosophy today, and what we studied, or today's main focus, um, was uh, uh, the Christianity and uh, basically relativism and naturalism and what separates man from animals, and we brought up different things. And the teachers, I'm not saying anything bad, she's just a little bit, she's probably about six years younger than us, she's uh, me, um, she's about 24. I know this is her first year. Uh, she brought up a couple things. I've also brought up a couple things. You know, I'm trying to spread seeds. Now, I want to make sure I'm not spreading seeds the wrong way. Um, mm-hmm. So basically what happened is a lot of points were brought up today. Uh, she kept ignoring me every time I tried to address one of the situations. And then uh, I ended up getting flustered because the topics that were brought up basically was since the creation of man, what separates man from animals. Uh, basically, man believes that if we talk to a god that doesn't exist or an invisible god, that, you know, insecurities, lack of information. So I have done my studies. I brought up scientific facts, brought up the fact of, you know, the archaeological find just this February of the Red Sea um, I brought up the whole, right. um, we got on spreading of seeds and things like that. Um, I brought up, um, things I have gone over. Um, somebody had led me to, uh, uh pastor Ed actually led me to, uh, listening to Chuck Smith's teachings of, uh, through the Bible, C3000 is what I'm listening to. So Genesis one, one through 12 explained literally everything we went over today in class. But with it being said, 
um, I know I got a little flustered, and I think it was because uh, I kept getting cut off. She would never let me finish a statement, and it seemed like every time I started making a valid point, she didn't want to hear it. Um, and then, you know, I even addressed her. Uh, she said, this is a philosophy class. And I said, well, what is philosophy? Okay, Ed, I think I lost you. Uh, can okay. you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Okay. And we're getting ready. We're getting ready to go to a break. Okay. Okay. So go ahead and finish your thought. We got about 30 seconds or so. So I'm just, how am I to approach it? Do I come at it cleverly or am I supposed okay. to be stern? Okay. Okay. What we're going to do, it's, you hear the music. We're going to go to a break, about a 90-second break. I want you to hold on the line, and then we'll discuss this further. All right? Yes, sir. Okay. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Fix. I pastor Calvary Chapel in Greeley, Colorado. I'm so blessed to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. And you can give me a call, and we have some open lines uh, to talk to me directly live on the show Ask questions about the Bible or Christian living. If you have a prayer request, I'd love to pray with you. The number to call is 303-690-3000. And again, I would love to talk with you about the things of the Lord and uh, and encourage you in the Word of God. Uh, before we went on uh, break uh, at the halfway mark of the show, we were talking with Ed. Ed's uh, connection uh, was pretty bad. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and answer his question. His question is about being in a philosophy class um, and just kind of feeling frustrated and being cut off. A couple of things that, um, Ed, for you, if you're listening, and I hope you're continuing to do so, is that uh, it can be difficult. I, I got I got actually three kids that are in college, and they've experienced that. They've experienced the you know sec- secular teaching, humanistic kind of teachings in some of the classrooms, and you can feel frustrated. But I think the way that we handle it is that um, we want to be ones that we want to uh, stand on truth. We want to be able to give that truth to others, but we want to do it with patience. We want to do it uh, in certainly uh, in, uh, you know, being uh, gentle, just as even Paul would write to Timothy in Second Timothy chapter 2. He said, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. Um, that all means all. And able to teach patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. I think one of the things that we see with Jesus is that um, Jesus was full of truth and full of grace, and the people heard him gladly. And so there is standing on that truth, standing firm for the truth of God's word. You had mentioned Acts chapter 17 with Paul addressing the, uh, you know, the philosophers of Athens up on Mars Hill. 
and he would address them most directly because, you see, they didn't know the law. When he would go into the synagogue, he would speak the scriptures to them, how Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament scriptures concerning Messiah. But he begins to talk to them about nature, science, even quotes from their own poets. But he talks about the creator of the universe, this unknown God. He begins to talk to them about the resurrection. And so Paul used a little bit different approach. But we can talk to others because today a lot of people, they don't even know anything about the scriptures. They don't even know the Ten Commandments. It wasn't that way 50 years ago. You know, most people had a little bit of knowledge about the Bible. And we can tell them about there's a creator that loves them and that, um, you know, there is evidence that's out there. And we need to be patient and praying and even in the classroom and know that there is going to be that opposition uh, that will come against us. But stand firm and may the love of Christ be evident uh, in your heart as well. Keep yourselves in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And uh, and on some have compassion, making the distinction. Uh, you make sure that you show compassion, show that you really care and uh, be patient as you're talking with others. So hopefully Ed, that helps out um, as you're uh, trying to be that light in the classroom, in a secular classroom, and that's a help to, to all of us. Let's go to line three to Liz in Denver. Liz? You still with us, Liz? Okay, Liz, if you're still with us, you want a prayer for a friend? Uh, who lost her brother uh, last night. I would love to pray with you. And uh, actually, we can do that right now, Liz, uh, because this is something that's very important. Um, So um, we lift up Liz's friend who lost her brother. The loss of a loved one is very difficult, very hard. Liz cared enough to call in um, because she wants prayer. So we do lift her up, her friend, um, this loss. We pray for comfort. Uh, We pray for strength. We pray, Lord, that your presence would be perceived, that this would be a a time of drawing those who are hurting, uh, going through this loss, a a time of drawing them to yourself and ministering to them, because it's in this time that uh, we desperately need you. And I pray for those who are going through loss right now, they're listening here in Colorado or on the East Coast, that you would bring the comfort that they need, a loss of a loved one, even as uh, I mentioned, uh, we said goodbye to a dear saint. But Lord, I particularly uh, hold up Liz as she is desiring to pray for um, you know a friend who lost her brother, to bring that comfort and show yourself strong on their behalf. So Liz, if you get a chance, if you want to further talk, uh, I'd love to talk with you. Uh, give me a call. Our lines are open. Give us a call here at Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel here in studio, uh, willing to and uh, anxious to talk with you about the things of the Lord, answer your questions uh, about the Bible or Christian living. 303-690-3000. All lines are open. And then also text messaging. If you want to text a message in, uh, I'd love to be able to uh you know, take those questions, and we're going to pull some of those up. Um, there's somebody from uh, my hometown of Greeley that texted in a, a, a question and said, Hi, Blessing, how are you? My question today is about worshiping in tongues. Is it biblical? Tongues is not forbidden in the Scriptures. It's one of the gifts of the Spirit. 
that is uh, given to us. Matter of fact, uh, we look at 1 Corinthians, and Paul makes a very clear definition of what tongues is to be. It's the one gift that is to edify the worshiper. Uh, And so uh, it is about worshiping, uh, giving adoration and worship to the Lord, he goes on and he explains that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who prophesies edifies the church. And he says that uh, for he who speaks in a tongue in verse 2 of 1 Corinthians 14 does not speak to men but to God. And so it is that praise and adoration, and you see that in the book of Acts, that when they began to speak in tongues, the believers, that it was praise and adoration to the Lord. So it is biblical to be able to worship uh, in tongues. Now, there is guidelines that are given in the corporate meeting, uh, meeting of believers, and so those guidelines are given in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 when it comes to interpretation and uh, done decently and in order. So hopefully that helps. Uh, as you uh, uh, are, um, you know, wondering about that. But that'll give some more clarification as you read uh, chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. Let me call up my uh, uh, call screen and see line one, Terry and Evans. You're on Calvary Live, Terry. Hello. Hello, Pastor. How are you? I'm, I'm good. How thanks. are you doing? Good, good, I'm super. Good. What can we? Good. Um, I would like prayer today because I um, injured, I've worked in the hospital system for the last sixteen years, and for the last year and a half, I have been able to minister to a lot of the patients in the hospitals that I've taken care of, which really made me happy to be able to do God's work while I was at work. But now, um, recently, I was injured. I injured my back. And so since December, I haven't been able to work in that job anymore. And, and I've been looking for a job in December, since December, but I'm not able to discern where he wants me now. I really want to be obedient to him, to where he wants me and where I will be able to do his work again. But I'm really having a hard time discerning where that is. Yeah, I'd love to pray with you about that. And, you know, when we're in prayer about something um, and needing discernment and wisdom, uh, you probably know the uh, verse that James gives to us, and I want to read it to you and uh, just remind you that as James begins his epistle, he says that if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of a sea driven and tossed by the wind. And so we're going to ask, we're going to ask in faith, because the Lord does want to guide you and give you discernment and give you that peace that rules in your heart. So, Father, I pray for my sister. I pray for Terry as she is uh, wanting to, to work. She's done that work, but she hasn't been able to. You know her situation, and Lord, I pray that you would guide her to that next job or be able to be used in the way that you want her to, that you would speak to her in that still small voice, that you would guide her, give her a peace that rules in her heart. And we can ask if, if we lack wisdom or direction, uh, that we can come to you in faith, knowing that you desire to lead in every way um, and to direct our steps. We can make the plans, but you're the one that makes the steps. So I pray that you would do that with Terry, that you would bless her, 
that you would uh, minister to her and that she would see those doors open because you're the one that opens doors that no man shuts and you shut doors that no man can open. And so set an open door before her that she could see very clearly to walk through um, as she does it in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you very much. Hey, Terry, keep us up. Yeah, you bet. Terry, keep us updated what the Lord does and how mm-hmm. he shows you and where he leads you. I'd love to hear from you. Okay. Um, can I give you an update from last fall when I called you and I talked to you last fall about sure. my children not um, attending church services with me? They were not wanting to go, not believing okay. because they didn't get a miracle. We lost. Um, they lost their grandma. So, but... One of my children three weeks ago came back to church and now is um, attending church every Sunday with me. So we're halfway there, and I just thought it was, yeah. it, I'd give you an update that. Thank we're you. I appreciate there. that. Yeah. And that yeah. encourages me. And I hope it encourages everybody that's out there uh, because uh, we need to keep praying, praying for our children and not stop praying that the Lord will just keep drawing them to himself. And so uh, you keep praying. And uh, I know that the Lord desires to work. And so thank you for the update. That's a great encouragement and a praise report uh, that I love to hear about. Terry, we're going to keep praying about your job situation and discerning guidance from God about that new job. And I look forward to hearing from you what he's going to do. Okay, thank you. Thank you for calling in. Okay, as far as I can see, We have open lines, so give me a call, 303-690-3000. Love to hear from you. Um, There is a question that came in on uh, the the, um, text messaging. That line is 720-336-0897. Somebody asked, do you know if there's any connection between demons and UFOs and possibly explaining the rapture away by alien abduction? There's nothing in the Scripture to indicate that. Uh, to me, there is um, how the world's going to explain when the rapture takes place. I have no idea. But the Bible doesn't mention anything about UFOs and aliens and all of that um, at all. So um, there is possibly, as uh, I've, I've heard lectures on uh, those who say that perhaps some of the things that are seen uh, may be demonic because uh Physics says you can't make a you know ninety degree turn and, and so forth. So uh, Satan is an angel of light. Uh, I don't see anything mentioned specifically in Scripture of a connection between demons and UFOs uh, mentioned at all. But uh, Satan is an angel of light. We do know that in the last days there's going to be signs in the heaven, and there's going to be the heavens that are going to be shaken and catechism, you know, cosmic. Um, disturbances and things like that. So um, that's what the Bible talks about. So that hopefully answers that question. We got another one um, that talked about uh, that about the Sabbath. Do we need to worship on the Sabbath? We we cover this. We get asked, and the simple a- answer for Christians: Do we need to worship on the Sabbath day? You can worship on the Sabbath day if you want. But we are not told that we have to uh, worship on the Sabbath. We know that Paul would write to the Colossian believers about um, that, let no one judge you concerning Sabbaths. We know that in Romans that Paul would write that one man esteems one day above another, one man every day alike, you be convinced in your own mind. And we also know from Acts chapter 2, verse 42, uh, 
two, that they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in the Word of God, breaking bread, and in prayer. But then also it says that they continued right after that daily, the early church, daily is what they did. Uh, that means from day to day that they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. I like that. They were meeting every day, the early Christians. And so um, there are those who say that the Christians have to observe the Sabbath. On Saturday, you can observe the Sabbath if you want, but we see that the Christians can meet any days what the New Testament precept and truth is given to us. So hopefully that helps. Let's go back to our call line and I believe we have Angie from Thornton on line one. Hi. Angie, how are Hi. you? I'm good. I was good. calling because I, I need prayer. Um, I'm heading to a class um, where they're wanting me to, where we have to talk about the way we meditate. Um, okay. Everybody in the classes, um, they're not Christians. So um, today I'm going to give a little 15 um minute presentation on the way I meditate on the Lord. Right. I just kind of need some, I mean, I have a little saying that I'm going to give and just show what the meditation does for me. I just need prayer. For yeah, I'd love to, yeah. And I'd be happy to pray with you. And, and, uh, you know, this is a uh, couple prayers I have come in for boldness to be a witness today. And I like that Proverbs chapter 28 uh, says, but the righteous are bold as a lion. And when you're desiring to speak those things that are true and right and the truth of the gospel, we can be bold as lions. And that's what I'm going to pray, that as you talk about there is a God that listens to our prayers and the way to have relationship with him is through Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I pray for Angie. She's going to talk about uh, meditation and meditating on the Lord, what it means to her, that she has a personal relationship with you that comes through Jesus Christ, and in a father who desires to hear her, she can meditate on not only uh, giving her prayers, but on the Word of God and the things of God and how much it means to her. Give her the words to say. Give her the right things um, to um, just talk about and uh, touch the hearts of those who are listening, uh, that they would know that there's a true God out there that desires to have relationship with them, and that they would know how to have that relationship, and Angie would be used, be bold as a lion, give her wisdom and direction in every way, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hey, and I'll be praying for you tonight, Angie. That sounds exciting. And just, you know, share with them the love of God and and, you know, God desires to have relationship just as the Lord leads you and what, how much the Lord uh, means to you. And I think that's a great testimony when we tell people, you know, this is what the Lord means to me. This is what it means to me to be able to talk to the Lord and meditate on the things of the Lord. So I'll be praying for you for the right words. Okay, thank you. Thanks for calling in. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. We still got some time. We still uh, got some um Opportunities to take your questions. So if you want to call in, we got open lines. And 303 690 3000 is the number to call. And I'd love to talk to you, pray with you, answer your questions. We do have some uh, more uh, questions that have come in uh, on the text line, which is 720 336 0897. And 
one of the questions, because Jesus says if a man looks at a woman to uh, after he's committed adultery with her in his heart, he says adultery is grounds for divorce. Can a woman biblically divorce her husband for viewing pornography? Are there any other reasons for divorce? When we look at the scriptures, of course, pornography is a huge problem in our society, and it's also a huge problem in the church. It is a problem that is destroying marriages. But Jesus, when he was talking on the Sermon of the Mount about that if you look at another with lust that you committed adultery, he's talking about the heart issue. And um, we know that when Jesus talks about when the religious leaders came to him and uh, asked about divorce, that he said um, that um, that if you divorce your uh, wife or uh, divorce your spouse, uh, except for sexual immorality, and marry another, you've committed adultery. So he's given us uh, a biblical reason why uh, there can be divorce, and that is for uh, sexual immorality. Um, So that doesn't cover pornography, um, as serious as that is, uh, as serious as doing it in the heart. It destroys marriages. And what you want to do is continue to pray. Uh, You want to continue to get counsel if you can, and seek God's advice. But when Jesus is talking about sexual immorality in a case of unfaithfulness, he's talking about the physical act. And, and I know that uh, pornography in their minds and how it pollutes, it is so dark and is such a huge problem. And uh, and I pray that um, that uh, whoever is experiencing it with a spouse, um, that God will work in their hearts to, to free them from that. And so um, it's a tough situation, I understand, and we'll certainly be praying for that. Uh, let's see if we got anything on the call line. I, I do want to um, just encourage you again, those of you who are listening on Hope FM on the East Coast, you can call it this time. Um, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. We're hearing more on the East Coast in Pennsylvania and Maryland and New Jersey. And one of the things is it is a week delayed, uh, the broadcast, but we are praying for you. I know that uh, as it's a week delay, that as you hear this broadcast next week, right now you're going through a very bad storm. Uh, uh, Blizzard warnings are out uh, and winter storm warnings. So we're praying for you. I want you to know that, uh, that we were praying for you when you hear this broadcast next week. But there is another uh, question has come in on the text. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice, and that love God is to obey Him. So do I sin because I don't love God? And how do I reconcile that? You know, First John talks about that. Uh, that is a, something that you might want to look at. And, and John tells us something very important, because it's better to obey than to sacrifice. Uh, in other words, it was Samuel that said that to Saul, because he thought, as he came back, he wasn't obedient to uh, destroying all of the Amalekites. He didn't do what the word of the Lord told him to do. And he thought, well, here's some sheep to just sacrifice. And it became just a, um, a you know, something that they did. You know, we'll just sacrifice. We'll just um, offer these sacrifices to the Lord. But there was no true repentance in their hearts. And so uh, that's what Samuel was saying to Saul that it's better to obey than the sacrifice. David writes the same thing in the Psalms, that you want a broken and contrite heart is what you want, and you want a heart after you. And just because we desire to do our best doesn't mean we don't sin. And 
we uh, read that John, he writes about that, um, that it, he says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He goes on to say that we have an advocate with the Father in chapter 2, verse 1, Jesus Christ the righteous. Listen, we do sin, and we desire in our hearts to move forward, to pursue holiness. Uh, that should be the heart of every Christian, to do well, but we uh, fall short in that. But we can ask for forgiveness, confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and it cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That's good news. Well, we got some time. Let's go to line one to Katie in Greeley. Katie? Hi, Pastor. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? Well, I'm just fine. Headed home. <laughs> good. I just had a question on the rapture, Pastor. Do you believe that um, when the rapture comes that our bodies will be taken or just our souls? It'll be our bodies. Um, and that's part of the resurrection. Matter of fact, I was speaking about that uh, in a sense uh, out at the graveside uh, when we were doing that graveside this afternoon. And uh, I'll read it to you, but uh, the resurrection is a, you know, physical resurrection, just as Jesus physically resurrected from the grave, right? Yes. We are going to be physically resurrected. And the resurrection is uh, new heavenly bodies that will last for eternity. So the resurrection is is such a cool concept. It's such an amazing thing. But uh, for the Lord himself will descend when the rapture takes place from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Um, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that that will happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye that we shall be changed. So it's a physical um, rapture that we will be taken um, to meet the Lord in the air and we'll have our new heavenly bodies at, at that time. So that's part of the first resurrection that will take place. And then as you go through the Scripture, uh, the Old Testament saints, I believe, uh, Daniel chapter 12 talks about being resurrected at the end of Jacob's trouble at that time, at the end of the tribulation period. Then you're going to have the resurrection, the new heavenly bodies given to uh, the believers in the millennium reign. And then you have the second resurrection at the end of the millennium reign that Revelation chapter 20 talks about, the resurrection of the unjust um, that will be resurrected standing at the white throne judgment, and they will be thrown into outer darkness uh, that takes place right before uh, the new heaven and the new earth. So the resurrection deals with getting new heavenly bodies. So as we are at the gravesite today, the body is put into the ground and the body sleeps. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Right, Katie? Right, right. When we take our last breath, when we, uh, you know, our heart stops, immediately, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that we go in the presence of the Lord. But then the promise is given that we will you know, have new resurrected bodies. And Paul writes about that. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning the resurrection, those who have fallen asleep. And then he goes on and he talks about that, um, that those who have fallen asleep 
And then he goes on and he talks about the rapture of the church. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So when the rapture happens, the sound of the trumpet, man, we're out of here. And our bodies (laughs) will instantly be, you know, uh, new resurrected bodies that will last for all eternity. Well, that'll be perfect. Now, our clothes may be laying around, but not our bodies. So. <laughs> well, that'll be all right, too. Um, <laughs> when you mentioned that on the, on the millennial uh, period, there'll be, there'll be births during the—more people will be born during the millennium, right? Yes. Okay. Will there be people that die? And if they, when they die, if they die in that period, will, will they be— Will they go to heaven or hell, or what, how does that particular period of time... Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting, because Isaiah, I believe, he talks about that in chapter 65 of uh, his book. He says, No more shall an infant from their live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die 100 years old, but the sinner being 100 years old shall be accursed. He's given indication of... Um, of death that will be in the millennium reign. It's going to be very rare, but it can happen. So the one who's in faith in Jesus Christ is going to, of course, be with Jesus for all eternity. They will have that new resurrected body eventually. Uh, I think probably at that time they get the new resurrected body. Um, again, Paul writes about that in 1 Corinthians 15, each in its own order. Um, and then we know also at the end of the millennium reign that Satan will be let out and there'll right. be a great rebellion. And then that will be, uh, you know, put down by the Lord and they will be cast in outer darkness. It's hard to believe that in the Lord's reign of the millennium, when righteousness covers the earth, as waters cover the sea, that that will take place. So good questions. Thanks, Katie, for calling. We're at All the right. end of the show. Thank you, everybody, for calling in. Have a blessed day. And uh, look forward to being with you again next time. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.